I had my notes up, but something about reading out of an actual Bible. Hello. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Well, everybody's really alive. The, all, all 20 of us that showed up today. Everybody else watching on Facebook Live, you better, better have a good reason for staying home today. Or else. I'm just kidding. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Ben White. I am the Young Adults Minister here alongside of my wife, um, who is also not here today, so uh, it's kind of ironic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, this week, uh, in this past, these past couple weeks, we've been going through a sermon series called Acts, uh, the movement, we are the movement. Uh, and so the first week, Pete nailed it talking about church planning. Casey came in the week after, and he was talking about evangelism and what it means to share our faith. Jay came in last week, and he talked about the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to be talking about persecution. So um, if you'd like to leave now, it's totally okay. I completely understand. Um, I prayed about this for a while and fought God on it because I didn't really want to preach about it. But here we are. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, um, turn to Acts 5.17, and we're going to read through this big chunk of Scripture. Got a few thoughts for you guys today and a couple challenges, um, and we're going to rock it. And so right before Acts 17 hits, the, the church has started to grow. The, um, the day of Pentecost has come. Thousands of people have come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and then the apostles and the disciples start to do these crazy epic signs. Healings, wonders, all these different things. And the Jewish people don't like that. Um, they, get, they get pretty angry at a lot of this stuff. Because all of these people are being pulled away from Judaism to follow Jesus Christ, who they thought was a false god. Um, and so that's kind of where we pick up. In verse 17, and so it says, But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, keep that word in the back of your head right there, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. But during the night, the, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council and all the senate of the people of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in prison. So they returned and reported, we found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would come to. And someone came and told them, look, the men who you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, we strictly charged you not to teach in this name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man, Jesus, blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than man. 
The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit with whom God has given to those who obey him. Keep that in like the middle of your head, just kind of sloshing around there. And when they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take care what you are about to do with these men. For before these days, Thaddeus rose up, claiming to be somebody. And a number of, number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all, his, all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is a man, it will fail. But it, if it is of God, you might not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice, and when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day, keep, keep that chunk right there, in the, or right there on your forehead. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preach, preaching Jesus as the Christ. And so we're talking about persecution. Um, it's not a fun topic. It's not one that many people realize is a good thing in the Christian life. But it is. And it's, it, it's like a rite of passage almost, a uh, showing of stripes, if you will, um, like, a, like a badge of honor. Um, and, and it's interesting because people don't think persecution happens in America. But we're called to be the persecuted church, right? And so wherever we go, as soon as we step out, we're opening ourselves up to persecution if we're living our faith in Jesus Christ. It's not just in Asia. It's not just in Europe. It's here. It's right next door. It's in the schools. It's in our homes. Man, like you become a believer, and especially if, if you're switching religions, converting religions, some people are totally disconnected from their family afterwards. They're shunned. Excommunicated, I think, would be the best word, but... They're shunned by their families for believing in Jesus Christ. And a lot of this happens because of that one word in verse 17, jealousy. And if you look throughout the entire book of Acts, as soon as the church starts to get momentum, there's a bunch of, a bunch of hate and a bunch of jealous people that come up and oppose the church. And Satan's kind of behind all this heat. He doesn't want us to grow. He actually hates growing Christians, like flat out, which is why idle Christians are his favorite. And it's weird to say that, that Satan has favorite Christians, but if you're not growing, you're not living out your faith, you're easy. He just has to keep you complacent. But if you are growing, 
and you walk out and you say, hey, I'm going to serve Jesus with everything I am and there's nothing you can do to stop me, you're going to have pushback in your life. And part of that is because Satan wants people to hate us. He wants people to hate the truth because the truth is offensive. It hurts. It points out problems. People don't like that. They want everybody else to think they have it all together. And they don't. And so when you pop that little bubble of protection, they get angry. They also get jealous. Because they see the success of the church, and I'm, I'm talking the big C church and the body of believers, because our lives aren't always successful, but God's always good to us. And the blessings that he gives to us are way different than that he just gives to the general population of humanity. We have a promise of a good God and a good Father, but we don't have the promise of safety. And when we start to to pull people towards Jesus and introduce them to Jesus, hatred and jealousy follow. And that's all backed by Satan, and it leads to persecution. It leads to people hating you, talking bad behind you about your back. It leads to all these things. But in Matthew 5.10, we actually see that this is one of the best things that could happen to us. Jesus himself says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. We're not, we're not living out our Christian faith to get a good name on earth, to get a lot of money on earth, to get X, Y, Z, a big family, people that love us, whatever, recognition. We're doing it because we love Jesus. And dude, that reward of loving Jesus with everything we've got now and you get into heaven and you hear that well done, good and faithful servant is much better than any recognition you could ever get from people on earth. But it stems, the, the persecution stems from jealousy and hatred. So how do we combat that? And so in verses 29 through 32 of Acts, of Acts 5, it says, But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And, you, and we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Two things. We combat persecution by living out our faith in Jesus, and we combat persecution with the Holy Spirit through love and joy. Love always overpowers hatred, and joy and contentment always overpower jealousy. Always. These are the fruit of the Spirit, right? So love and joy are like the first two fruit of the Spirit you ever learned about. They're right there at the beginning of the Scripture. Hatred and jealousy are kind of like the, the bad fruit that Satan develops in unbelievers. Um, and it says that 
we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Without the Holy Spirit, we can't beat persecution. Without the Holy Spirit, Paul or Saul, who persecuted the church and then became a persecuted Christian, wouldn't have gotten back up and gone back into towns after they stoned him, they drug him off, considered him dead, put him in prison. He's a smart man. He wasn't stupid. It takes a, a really stupid guy without the Holy Spirit to get back up to a town that just stoned him half to death. We combat this with the Holy Spirit. And if you're concerned that you don't have the Holy Spirit, that's a whole other question. But if you're living in Jesus Christ and you've confessed Him as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you because you cannot confess Jesus as Lord without the Holy Spirit. It says that in First John, I believe. But it's important, this persecution, because in order to grow the way that Jesus intended us to, we, we kind of have to be persecuted. And, and I say that because without persecution, we stay in that complacent bubble. We don't learn to depend on the Holy Spirit. We don't learn to, to rely on Jesus for everything. In the early church, man, when you came out as a Christian, you lost your job. Man, your family left you. You couldn't do anything. But when you came out as an early Christian, you also had this new fellowship of believers that had your back when you needed it, that would help you financially, that would help you physically meet your needs, because that's what the church is. It's that haven. But the church is persecuted. The big C church, the little C church, and it's hard because we don't always experience that in the States, or it looks different than we, what, what we might think. But if we are actively living out our faith in Jesus, the devil's going to come. He hates it. He's going to stir up people. It doesn't matter who you are, how renowned your name is. It's going to come if you're living out your faith. And so we don't need to taunt the world to persecute us. Like, it's not, hey, I'm a Christian. Come and get me. Let's go. We don't need to. There's no point in doing that. It makes us look prideful and cocky when God calls us to be humble and walk as servants. And we rely on the Holy Spirit. Man, without the Holy Spirit, none of this combating of persecution and being able to live out our faith is possible. And, and really to kind of close this all up, is, is verse 41, that, that verse that I wanted y'all to have at the forefront of your mind. It says, Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. It is an honor and a blessing to be persecuted for Jesus Christ. An honor and a blessing that comes with reward in heaven to be persecuted for the name of Jesus Christ. Is that wild? They, I'm going to be honest. There's not many people I would actively go out of my way for to be persecuted for. Maybe like a handful of people that are like, hey, don't bad mouth my friend. Like, that's my guy. Jesus literally has thousands of thousands of thousands of people waiting eagerly persecution. Because they believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life.
Not many other religions have that. Not many other religions will have people that are dying for what they, they saw and heard. Right, we saw, like, the Bible clearly states 500 plus people saw Jesus raised from the dead after he had died. And it's a badge of honor. Like, when we're persecuted, like, that's, and, and it's hard not to fight back, but it's a badge of honor for a Christian. Almost like, uh, first service I used, uh, like, a video game reference of gaining prestige, like, in, in games. But we, we gain this prestige, and it's, we don't have to boast about it either. Like, Paul never wrote, and he was like, hey, I was stoned four times by these four towns, and and then I was like, oh, dragged half to death, and I had to be carried out in a basket from this town. And he didn't brag about that stuff. But it happened. And it was worth it to have it happen. So persecution is a blessing, and it is a badge of honor, and it's a rite of passage for Christians. Uh, and so today in... In closing, Chris is going to come back up. Also, you guys give a hand for Chris because he, like, he's crushed it. <laughs> Solo man up here on the acoustic guitar. It's one of my favorite things. And so my challenge for you guys this week is to take 30 minutes to an hour or however much time you need and really reflect and ask yourself, are you ashamed of or idle in living out your faith? We've got the best flipping dad in the universe. He never fails to provide for our needs. Casey always says he always tries to say never and always, but I'm going to say always and never when referring to Jesus because he never fails. He's never failed to provide for our needs. He's never failed to see us. He's never failed to be proud of us. He's never failed to boast about us. And scripture says his eyes are on his children and he smiles upon them. Why would you be ashamed of that? Why would you be idle in telling people about my dad? Most of us, I hope, have pretty awesome earthly fathers. Some of us aren't so lucky, and that's okay. Most of us do. You brag about your dad. A lot of parents brag about their kids. I'm going to be honest, I've worked in a lot of children's ministries and youth group ministries. Sometimes I don't really see that kid shine <laughs> that you're always bragging about, but um, I'm sure it's there. But if we're not ashamed to brag about our earthly relationships, why should we be ashamed to brag about our our heavenly relationship. And are you idle in living out your faith? My wife gets mad at me all the time because it takes me a little bit to mow the yard. And I just kind of let the grass grow. And I think it takes care of itself sometimes. And some of our neighbors kind of do it when they get fed up. But <laughs> has there been anybody in your life that's like, man, I've been meaning to talk to them for the past four weeks. And I keep telling myself, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. What if tomorrow never comes for them? What if tomorrow never comes for you? You're not promised tomorrow. 
or at least I haven't seen that in Scripture. So if I'm wrong, then somebody better point that out to me real quick. (laughs) And what's holding you back from living out your faith? Dude, you can take all your reasons, give them to Jesus. But I guarantee you, if you do that, he's going to give you every reason of why he's beat that already. God, I'm not a good public speaker. You don't need to be. I'll give you the words. Holy Spirit already promises that. God, I don't really have any friends. You don't need to have friends to tell people about Jesus. (laughs) Kind of makes it easier, but what's holding me back? If our goal in 2022 is to reach the lost, and we're not, and we're ashamed or idle and living out our faith, we ain't going to be reaching many people. We're not. It's a sad truth, but it is still the truth. You can't reach people if you're sitting on your butt all day. You can't reach people if you're ashamed of telling them about Jesus. So we're going to I just want that to, to sit for a second. and Chris is going to come up, and we're going to lead out, and I'm going to pray us out real quick. So, God, we, we thank you. Um, we thank you for giving us a spirit, of, not of fear, but of power and love and of self-control. God, I pray that during this time, um, it... it Shame and idleness is stuff that we can bring to your feet that's not condemning us later. Satan loves to condemn us and keep us complacent. He loves to build us up and get us moving. And so, God, I pray that we would reflect just on your word today, whether it's about what I preached about or whether it's about what we've been reading in Scripture on our own time. But take some time to reflect on what you've been saying to us, and then do something about it. God, I pray for all those who are traveling or having babies, uh, like Caleb and Casey, and God, we just pray that they're having safe travels and and good times with with newborns. God, I want to lift up all the... We'll just lift up all the pregnant women in the church because there's a lot of babies that are coming in February, God. And uh, I hope our nursery is ready for it because it's going to be awesome. But we pray for all the pregnant moms. Pray that you would comfort them, bolster them because being a mom is a tough job. And let them know they're doing a good job. And that goes for all the moms, not just the pregnant ones. But, God, we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.